Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on this big hump day, October the 26th, a Wednesday. Uh, meanwhile, boy, NFL Saints get another hit uh, in the defensive backfield. Uh, NBA last night, the Pelicans uh, pull out a big win over the Mavericks. And without uh, two starters and uh, uh, Zion Williamson uh, missed that game. Uh, hopefully they'll get him back soon. Ingram missed the game due to protocol to a concussion. And one other uh, player didn't make the game. But the Pelicans hold on and uh, beat the Dallas Mavericks uh, over in uh, the uh, Smoothie King. Elsewhere, we got a couple of high school coaches on later on this morning, hopefully. Uh, Artie Laoza will be coming on, the Delcom head coach. They had a big win this past uh, weekend, last Friday. And Coach Rick Hudson at 745 as the Bears uh, had a rough one against Generat. Meanwhile, uh, Jeff, uh, the Saints take a, take a hit in regards to uh, their cornerbacks. His Roby now has been ruled out. Uh, could put him on injury reserve. How long he's going to be out, not sure. But uh, at least a minimum, I think it's, what, four weeks uh, with an injury reserve? Uh, minimum, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he'll be out possibly coming back. Uh, hopefully they can get back uh, uh, Lattimore in that regard. But the Saints taking some hits right now. Uh, uh, Adebo, uh, a knee last week against Arizona. Saints place veteran uh, Bradley Roby on the injury reserve Tuesday. And uh, Roby suffered that ankle injury in the first quarter. Then the Saints lost to the Cardinals last week. He played just five defensive snaps before exiting the field on a court. Uh, the veteran corner has appeared in all seven games for the Saints, but up to this point started five. He has recorded 20 tackles. Uh, something else, too, uh, I don't know if people are aware, the Saints have only have one interception so far this year through seven games, and that was by Tyrone Matthew. And uh, Roby, as you mentioned, uh, required to miss at least four games, meaning the earliest he could come back would be against uh, November 27th against the 49ers. So, uh Saints licking some wounds right now. Of course, they re-signed veterans receiver uh, Keith Kirkwood to take a Roby spot on the 53-man roster. And, of course, Kirkwood has appeared in a couple games this year. And uh, I think maybe has caught a couple balls. But uh, meanwhile, um, and hopefully his uh, signing could be a hint that one or both of the Saints injured wideouts, Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry, uh, are not ready to play yet. So, um you know, they're a big, uh, big part of the Saints' offense. And, uh, of course, we keep hoping that uh, Jameis Winston uh, will be available uh, this week. Rumors are he was the emergency quarterback the last couple of weeks. Uh, that means he could have played if necessary. But, uh, boy, just uh, one thing after another, Jeff, with the Saints right now, injuries on top of injuries. And, you know, under Peyton, uh, they had their share, but not as prolific as what we're seeing right now. With uh, they've gone a pretty long time, uh, not sustaining injuries that cost players. Of course, Drew Brees did miss a few games. I was going to say, yeah, yeah but uh, as Michael for Thomas Holmes, has been gone for seems two years. Yeah, I don't know if he he played there. How many games did he play in before he went down too? He played, got hurt in Carolina game. Uh, uh, I was don't it the following game? game yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the Saints need to get some people back in uh, in shape and in health, and uh, hopefully. Uh, of course, there's a lot of football left, as we mentioned the last few weeks. Uh, the Saints are only a game out of first place. <laughs> you know, I think uh, the Falcons are 3-3 three and three right now. Well, maybe a game and a half out since the uh, Falcons are 3-3. Three and three. Tampa Bay also is 3-4 uh, and four right now. 
Is that right? With the Falcons, three and four also? Yeah, yeah that's correct. And uh, I was thinking uh, the Thursday game might have created something different, but not. But it's still a lot of football to be played. Uh, Saints coming up a tough part of their schedule. We'll see what uh, transpires in that regard. Uh, and hopefully the Saints uh, uh, can make something of it. Meanwhile, over at the Smoothie King uh, last night, uh, the the Hornets uh, pull out a big win, uh, 113 to Pelicans, 111. Pelicans, you mean? Uh, Pelicans, I said Hornets. Uh, surprising I didn't say Jazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, Trey Murphy has a big game. He scores 22 points. He's 8 out of 8 from the floor and 2 out of 2 from the free throw line. Those type games, you generally win, too, as the uh, uh, Dallas shot 50% from the floor, which is notable. But the Pelicans shoot almost 58% from the floor last night, the Smoothie King. They also hit 44% of their threes. Uh, they play well. They uh, they hit 13 out of 18 free throws. They were out-rebounded by uh, 11, but uh, they hold on to beat the uh, the Mavericks. And uh, just uh, they're 3-1 and one on the year. So I uh, wonder if something's brewing in New Orleans without three of their starters being out. And uh, it's uh, interesting uh, to see how uh, they're playing right now. And um, Pelicans, uh, uh, without Zion and Ingram, two of their big stars, and they go on to beat the Mavericks. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, tried to find the game last night, and I'm not sure if Dundas, I want to say Fox Southwest, carry the Pelicans games generally. Valley Sports New Orleans. Yeah, but it's uh, the channel, Jeff. 38. Cox. Okay. Valley right. Sports New Orleans. Yeah, they sponsor it, but they don't. The station doesn't. They don't have a Bally Sports station. Yeah, Bally Sports. There is no longer Fox Sports uh, regional network. It's Bally Sports, and that's that's what they call it now. That's what it is. Yeah. And okay, and it's Bally Sports. But is this the first year? Uh, I think it's the second year. Second year. I didn't watch much of the Hornets games last year. Anyway, uh, with that. Um, uh, not much else going on, but I found an interesting article too, Jeff. Uh, last night, Phil Kessler, uh, Kessel, Kessel, played in his 990th yeah. uh, straight game in the National Hockey League. Uh, bypassed I'm not an Iron Man. Yeah, he's the Iron Man. I take it of hockey because he passed up Keith Yandel, who had played in 989 uh, games through the course of his career, and uh, went on to say that uh, you know when you look at it. Of course, uh, Lou Gehring held that spot for the longest time as the Iron Man pa- being passed up in, what was it, 95 by um, Cal Ripken Jr. And uh, his, uh, his spanned uh, 14 seasons in the National Hockey League. And, you know, as brutal as that sport is, you know, when you look at football, of course, they don't play as many games. But Brent Favre holds that record, I think, with 297 games uh, right now. The act most, the strongest active streak in the National Football League is 134 games by offensive tackle Jake Matthews. Of course, uh, as we know, Cal Ripken played in 2,632 games before he took himself out the uh, the lineup. And the active leader in Major League Baseball right now is Matt Olson with the Braves at 296 games. I, I wouldn't have even guessed that many. Yeah, the, the way they take themselves out of games That's these right. days. And uh, also in the NBA, A.C. Green holds the record. 1,192 games. His active streak went from 86 to 01. Uh, right now, the uh, longest active streak of uh, consecutive games in the NBA is by uh, Suns 
Michael Bridges with 313 games. So uh, anyway, interesting. I thought uh, in that regard, uh, just uh, 990 straight games in ice hockey, uh, and that's what approximately 82 games in the regular season. And uh, I don't think they, at least to my mind, I don't think they count the playoff games. Uh, as in the consecutive streaks, I don't think that? so. I don't think so. Yeah, but um, but I'd be guessing, but yeah. I don't think so. Anyway, with uh, with the uh, World Series beginning Friday night, the Phils, uh, uh, they're winning despite their defense. Uh, they went over uh, World Series participants by defensive runs uh, saved. Not sure when that stat came about uh, when they started keeping that, but the number one team of all times in defensive runs saved. Uh, in the World Series, you ready? The Cubs in 2016, 107 runs saved uh, uh, in that particular series. Next is the Astros. How do they? Is that runners on base that don't reach home? Yeah, I think I think the the. I'm pretty sure that's how they they re- reach that. So, but 107 runs saved. Uh, I guess that's you know basically it's the World Series participants. I've never heard that stab before. I have. I have. Not sure how they figure out what's the uh, a logarithm, whatever you want to use as a, a stat. But 107 runs saved. And the only thing I can think of, like you mentioned, is uh, runners that get on base that don't score. And, uh, you know, with ground balls to the inferior fly balls or not moving runners. Uh, but last on this list uh, and I'm trying to think, uh, I'm trying to see the furthest one back. Looks like they go as far back as 2004 uh, in that regard. But last on the uh, list was the uh, two, 2013 Cardinals, who were last with a minus 38. Uh, and I'm trying to see where the Phillies are right now, if they're on this list. Uh, 2009 Phillies are, but they're 28. They have 48 teams on this list. Excuse me, 40 teams on this list. And uh, I'm looking for the Phillies. Uh, uh, don't don't see the Phillies on here, but uh, their offense is on fire, which is great news uh, because it's rare to see such a bad defensive team in the World Series. Of the 40 teams to make the World Series since 2003, when defensive runs saved was first established, uh, just two have had the worst mark than the Phillies, minus 34. There they are. And uh, the Phillies ranked dead last in uh, defensive runs saved uh, last season. It chose not to shore up their defense in the offseason. Instead, they spent $179 million on Nick Calistanos, uh, along with Kyle Swarber and two notoriously poor fielders. Uh, Swarber, of course, led the National League with, what, 47 home runs, I do believe. But I also think he struck out 200 times. Uh, anyway... Uh, the Phillies actually make most of their plays uh, supposed to, committing the third fewest errors, sporting the second best uh, fielding percentage in the league this season. But while those two realities, uh, bad advice stats, uh, but good traditional stats may seem at odds, they actually connected because of their poor fielding range. The Phillies simply don't get too many of the balls they might otherwise make errors on. So uh, anyway, the big picture, the 2022 Phillies, uh, We'll build to the image of the team one spot ahead of them, and the chart is a defensive inept 2012 Tigers. And uh, anyway, uh, defensive run save, uh, defense wins championships, uh, as you know, if the other team doesn't score or pitching. I always got, I thought Earl Weaver had the best statement in that regard. Uh, pitching, defense, and three-run homers is going to win you a lot of baseball games, and it did for Earl Weaver back in the day with the Orioles, even though the Orioles won uh, 66 and again in – 
70 that won the World Series. Of course, losing to uh, the Mets in 69 and the Pirates in 71. And uh, anyway, well, the power ratings, uh, you know, as we mentioned, are out uh, uh, the other day. And uh, the Saints uh, <laughs> come in at uh, they dropped six spots down to 25th. So uh, at three and four. But as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, they're um, – there's still only a game out of uh, first place in the NFC South, which right now looks like the the poorest of the uh, divisions in the NFC, and uh, also probably uh, is there any other division in the AFC that uh, has quite the uh, everybody under 500? I doubt it. Yeah, uh, thinking back, uh, uh, everybody, I've, yeah, everybody should be above 500 uh, in the NFC South. No one above 500 uh, in that regard. So, anyway, uh, looking at some other items around the uh, around uh, uh, the sporting world, uh, trying to find some other uh, notable uh, sports. Uh, also, game day to Jeff is going to be in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, got with, s- with Southern and Jackson State with prime time and his team. Uh, be on uh, the first time the one of the historical black colleges will be on the game day, and uh, should be interesting. As uh, kind of curious the motivation. Yeah, well, both teams. Uh, I think the Jackson State, I want to say, is seven and zero right now, uh, leading the SWAC. And Southern, I don't know if they have a loss yet in the SWAC. But uh, game day will be there. Uh, you wonder if primetime is going to be on, and I'd like to know who might be. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the Jackson State alums that played in the uh, National Football League or just uh, celebrities uh, in that regard. So, uh, anyway, uh, trying to, it, it, interesting to see as game day will come on usually about uh, 9 o'clock in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, with uh, uh, Southern and Jackson State going at it for uh, – the the I guess the conference championship uh, in the SWAC got got a little audio here if you okay. want. Okay, yeah, uh, go ahead. Dooley, head coach at Southern, says it's a big deal for all of them. It's the program you talk about the university uh, because they're going to have to highlight Southern University and, and uh, different uh, things that they have here that that's of value to a lot of student athletes. So I think it's great that they're coming here. And he also mentioned uh, that their focus needs to remain on the game, game day uh, mainly for the fans. Yeah. Because college game day is actually going to be for the fans. We're going to be in the game, and that's all we're concerned with the game itself. You know, uh, I think players want guys to come see them play. They want the individuals to come out. So I, I think you should be enthused and ready to play. There you go. So um, uh, hopefully it is a big deal for them. Yeah, I think it will be. Uh, first time they ever go to one of the historic black colleges uh, – in a in a game, and it's going to be uh, with regards to uh, uh, you know an opportunity to see uh, those histo- two historical colleges. Of course, the Grambling Southern game has been on uh, national TV uh, for the last uh, I don't know maybe twenty five thirty years. Better than that, yeah. yeah it, it I, goes I was way I, back. And, um, I was still in Chicago when I'd see it on NBC. Yeah, and uh, let's see, I found a little something here with ESPN. Uh, of course, the college game day is announced. We'll show broadcast from Jackson, Mississippi for the Southern University versus Jackson State game. Uh, Southern and Jackson State are set to take on each other Saturday at uh, set for 1 p.m. The Jaguars have dominated their homecoming game against uh, Virginia. That was last week. They won 51-7. And uh, 
hopefully, uh, uh, and I'm pretty sure Jackson State, uh, they went 11-0 and last year. I think they won the mythical uh, national championship, uh, black national championship that last year with primetime. And, uh, you know, he's also made headline news, too, with regards to uh, pulling in a couple of good football players that uh, with NIL agreements, uh, uh, he pulled one, I think, away from Alabama or Florida, one of them, and uh, pulled someone, I think, recently away from uh, uh, Tennessee. So uh, primetime, uh, everybody remembers him as a, uh, a fine quarterback, a cornerback for, in the National Football League and also at Florida State. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, turns out. Uh, uh, that'll be at 1 o'clock uh, Saturday afternoon, and uh, Jackson State, along with uh, Southern, the Jaguars, uh, um, I'm sure they'll have a local following here in our area uh, watching that game uh, over on um, ESPN. Elsewhere, uh, Jeff? Um, uh, isn't the game on ESPN? I'm trying to. Uh, I didn't see that in the article. I'm taking it for college game day. Uh, is it going to be on maybe ABC, CBS? Let's see. Uh, as you're scrolling, uh, try to find the uh, FBS uh, with regards to uh, NCAA football. Uh, anyway, um, don't see it uh, in the scroll. Uh, let's see. Go to one uh, double A. And that game is at one. Quickly. Oh, there's the SWAC. Okay. Yeah. Southern and Jackson State. ESPN three. three. Yeah. Which is the least tier of all their streaming. Uh, yeah. Southern's five and two. Jackson State seven and zero. Oh. Uh, talking about possibly thunderstorms too, with regards to the high of seventy one up in Jackson and the low of fifty seven. Of course, that's generally at night. Fifty one chance of uh, precipitation for that game uh, being set. And uh, the ESPN3, is that the ESPN News or is that ESPN? It's it's streaming, but it's the least of their streaming platforms. Okay. All right. So that's the only way you can watch it then. It's not on uh, going to be on any I of think, the cable I th- channels. I think huh? you need to have a cable subscription to watch ESPN3. Okay. You have to enter that data. Anyway, so uh, that's going to be uh, the big one today. Anyway, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, as we mentioned. If that, it was that big of a deal, you'd think they'd put yeah. it on at least ESPN+. Plus. That's right. That's right. Uh, anyway, but the college game day is going to be there. Hats off to them uh, with that. Of course, we've got two coaches coming on uh, later on this morning, and uh, Coach Artie Lauza from Delcom uh, in the next segment, and uh, Coach Rick Hudson from the Holland Baptist Bears in the 745 segment uh, with that. Uh, Saints. Uh, Cajuns uh, with another big game uh, this week as they travel to Hattiesburg. LSU's off. They, of course, they're preparing themselves for uh, Alabama uh, in Tiger Stadium next uh, Saturday night. I think that game's been announced for 6 o'clock. Uh, not 6.30, but 6. Uh, so, anyway, uh, in the meantime, Jeff, uh, we're just about ready to go ahead and take a break. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, we'll be back, uh, hopefully, with Coach Artie Lauza right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. Touchdown. 
As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music this Thursday. It's Southern Jack. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has yet covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Monthly bingo is back on Thursday, November 17th. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports. Uh, we're hoping to get uh, Coach Artie Laouz on the line. Uh, sometimes he does, uh, it interferes with him getting on the line due to that. He might have to substitute uh, for class. So uh, we'll see if we can't uh, maybe uh, get him on uh, momentarily. But in the meantime, uh, high school football uh, this weekend, uh, it looks like the team, some of the area teams might be playing in some inclement weather. Rain is forecasted, I think, for Friday afternoon. Good I God. Think. Yeah. How, how dare it rain <laughs> on a Friday night? We, we've been so blessed with such great dry weather we, we this football season. Uh, at some point, it's bound to happen. Oh, uh, I concur. And I, I can think of many Septembers, uh, one Friday after another, uh, dealing with the threat of tropical storms, and if not the threat of tropical storms, just rain. Uh, I mean, uh, we were blessed this season. Yeah, we have been. At, uh, and, of course, look and, at the rain that we Keith endured. On the yeah, look you know. at the rain we endured uh, in August uh, until the first week or so of September. But uh, we're, we're right now we're begging for rain. We had a little shower the other morning. Uh, it lasted for a little bit, but that was about it. Anyway, high school football, of course, a big game in our area. Uh, we got two of them uh, that we're keeping an eye on. That's the Westgate Tigers journeying to Lafayette to take on St. Thomas Moore, the Cougars. Meanwhile, the Catholic High Panthers will be entertaining the uh, Lorville Tigers in a big football game. Uh, uh, pretty much uh, a Catholic High chance to uh, not necessarily win an outright 
uh, district uh, championship. But uh, if they would have uh, would beat Lorville, uh, they'd be probably uh, crowned the district champs, co-champs with uh, their win over Episcopal uh, in that regard. Meanwhile, Lorville can uh, pretty much uh, uh, get a co-championship with uh, Ascension Episcopal to the fact that uh, that both teams would only have one loss in the district. Uh, meanwhile, um, elsewhere, uh, Delcom will uh, head to Ascension Episcopal to take on the uh, Blue Gators. That's uh, uh, tomorrow night. So uh, in that action elsewhere, St. Martinville journeys to uh, Abbeville. Uh, I should say St. Martinville journeys to Abbeville to take on the Wildcats in another big game uh, in our area, going through some other uh, area games, Acadiana at Karen Crow, uh, Nish, I'm trying to find a, a niche who their next opponent will be. I'll go maybe to our, our pocket guide here to see who uh, the Yellow Jackets will be playing. Sulphur. Yes, yeah, Sulphur. Is that on the road. On the road in Sulphur. Uh, let's see, the Yellow Jackets with a big win last week over Como. Let's see if they can keep it going down in Sulphur with the Tornadoes. Um, in that regard, of course, they close out the year. Uh, uh, Lafayette coming to uh, Nish to take on the Yellow Jackets in that regard. St. Martinville, uh, they'll journey, uh, as I mentioned, to Abbeville. Another big game, uh, St. Martinville uh, doing very well this year, too, uh, in their district. Uh, elsewhere, Jeff, um, trying to see some other games in our area, of our area teams, uh, if I may have gone a little bit too far on my scroll here. Franklin at West St. Mary, uh, an inter-parish uh, rival there. Uh, Franklin, uh, of course, had a big win last week as they downed Catholic High for their first district loss of the year as Franklin scores three touchdowns in the last three minutes of the game uh, and take one away from the Panthers, who had uh, led most of the game up until the last three minutes when Franklin scored on a kickoff return. Also, a uh, an interception and a fumble uh, at the uh, three-yard line when the Panthers don't uh, pick it up and Franklin has short distances to score uh, in the last two possessions. So uh, we'll see what uh, comes up with that. Um, Don't know if you have any more late-breaking news or anything uh, that uh, interests us in our Bayou Sports here on a big hump day morning. I I will say this, and... um, I don't know if it's a big deal or not, but uh, someone was making a big deal out of the fact that the uh, ratings for the Saints-Arizona game were not good. And Amazon Prime has uh, consistently been losing viewers. Um, September 15th, they had $13 million for the Chargers-Chiefs game. All right. Steelers-Browns, $11.03 million. Um, Dolphins-Bengals, some $11.7 million, so they picked up a little bit from week uh, two to week three, but then they dropped down to 9.7 for the Colts-Browns. And, and again, why would you watch that game? Commanders-Bears, only $8.8 million, and the Saints-Cardinals, $7.8 million. Uh, but the story starts out talking about uh, the Saints being one of the most, uh, N- uh, most passionate NFL markets, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But Folks didn't have to watch the game in New Orleans. In the New Orleans television market, it was available on broadcast TV. So the fact that uh, people weren't watching it on Amazon Prime isn't uh, a big shock in those markets. Uh, Now, if they would put the game only on Amazon Prime, you'd see the viewership probably improve. But these Thursday night games, again, uh, it's it's a game in large part 
you wouldn't have seen anyway. If it was if the game was Sunday at noon and the Saints and Cardinals were on, it wasn't going to be a nationally televised game. It would have been just a regional game anyway. So they're trying to make a big deal on the fact that there isn't huge viewership, but uh, again, it's just another random game that uh, you may have something better to do on a Thursday night. Well, think about it. How many televisions uh, are in the market, in the metro uh, New Orleans market, uh, the households, I don't think there's a, a million five. But, uh, well, what they look at is percentage of TVs watching. Yes, yes. And, that, and that's the, the more important thing is the share of the marketplace. And I'm sure the Saints' share on whatever broadcast station it was was huge. Yeah. There, there's probably no doubt in my mind, although folks are probably still a little disappointed with the way the Saints have been playing. But uh, I just think it's... Um, overly uh, stated that they're disappointed about these ratings, but at the end of the day, uh, they're just random games on Thursday nights. True. It, it's not, you know, they, they don't necessarily put the best games on Thursday night. Uh, you're right about that. And uh, But like you said... Uh, I mean, the if, Browns have been on twice. If it, yeah. Two of those <laughs> Thursday night games have been Browns games. Come on. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Washington and Chicago. I mean, yeah, I'm a Bear fan, but that was the biggest dud game. Uh, someone had to win that game. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm still amazed that the Bears played the way they did Monday night and compared to the prior game against Washington uh, back on the 13th. I, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, hopefully there there was some sort of epiphany that went on at Hallis Hall in Lake Forest, uh, Illinois, on uh, somewhere between that Thursday and uh, last Monday night. Well, when you think about going back to the streaming services uh, with Amazon, uh, like you said, if it'd be an ordinary game, if they had 8 million views on it, that, that I, I think that's pretty impressive. You know, just an ordinary game in, a, in an area, of course, you got to pay, what, 15 bucks? Uh, to be an Amazon uh, streaming uh, for whatever and, and movies it's, or and, and, and it's more than just uh, the, the video. It's, That's it's, right. It's, it's the package delivery service. It, it's, that's music, free. it's music. And music and, yeah, it's music. It's there are all kind of uh, uh, opportunities, but it's fifteen dollars a month, or excuse me, fourteen ninety nine, probably plus tax too. I'm sure they have a tax in there in that regard, but. Uh, um, Thursday night games, um, you know, we, of course, we get spoiled, like we said uh, yesterday. You want to watch football, you turn on any of the – find some of the local stations or the ESPNs or any – you can find a football game. Uh, I hadn't seen many on Tuesday night yet this year, though. Uh, our first game, uh, I don't think – is there a Wednesday night game last – what was it? Two weeks ago, the Cajuns – College games. Yeah, yeah. two weeks ago, uh, the Cajuns played on uh, – Wednesday night, but uh, and they play tomorrow night. That's that's right. That's right. Over in Hattiesburg, along with Virginia Tech and North Carolina State, go at it. Uh, elsewhere, out uh, west, it's Utah and Washington State. Out there in Pullman, and that, that that's another thing. The Thursday night games, NFL games, are competing with at least two college football games that are on normal cable. That's right. Usually, that's right. And they're not playing Thursday night if they're not on TV. Correct. And then Friday night, you have East Carolina at BYU, La Tech, Louisiana Tech at Florida International. So those, those are two Friday night games that college football games have on. Of course, Saturday's games kick off with Georgia Tech uh, traveling to Tallahassee to take on the Seminoles. Uh, Florida State at 11 o'clock and Notre Dame at Syracuse after Syracuse. 
loses their first game last week to Clemson over in Clemson. TCU at West Virginia. Uh, elsewhere at 11 o'clock, Ohio State and Penn State should be an interesting ball game. Of course, Michigan blew out Penn State. I think they had over 400 yards rushing in that game. Michigan did. Uh, elsewhere at 11 o'clock, Miami at Akron, Toledo at Eastern Michigan, who the Cajuns beat earlier this year. Uh, Boston College at Connecticut, uh, Arkansas at Auburn, uh, uh, who's had their issues. Um, I'm surprised their coach is still around. And South Florida at Houston. So uh, a lot of, some lineups of some good games uh, Saturday morning. Of course, as we mentioned uh, on this show, uh, the uh, game day is going to be over in Jackson at Jackson State for the Southern Jackson State game. Uh, which should be interesting. Uh, Southern comes in five and two. Jackson State seven and zero, uh, and and we'll see what transpires with uh, those uh, those teams there. So um, anyway, not much else. Cook and Jeff. I uh, wonder maybe if we go ahead and take our next break and see if we can't get uh, Coach Rick Hudson on the line to speak briefly about his game last week against the Generate Tigers, where they had a tough game. And like you mentioned earlier during the week, I think uh, numbers are starting to be crunched with uh, Holland Baptist. Uh, with regards to the experience and all. So their, their game this week, they travel to uh, Centerville to take on the uh, Centerville team. I'm, I want to say Centerville is the Bulldogs. I'm trying to recall their mascot. I'll look that up shortly. Anyway, you listen to Kane Radio by U Sports. We're going to go ahead and take a break and get Coach Rick Hudson on the line. Uh, stay with us. And we'll be right back with Coach Rick Hudson right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And on the line with us is head football coach uh, Rick Hudson uh, for the Highland Baptist Bears. Good morning, Coach. Welcome to the show. Good morning. 
Yeah. Coach, uh, uh, last last week, just a tough game for you. I know uh, you mentioned something with regards to some numbers and some kids being out. And uh, hopefully you get back on the winning track as you head to uh, Centerville, I believe, uh, this coming. Uh, uh, is it Friday uh, you play the Bulldogs of Centerville? Yes, sir. We, we actually talked about moving it to Thursday yesterday because of the uh, impending weather. But it was their senior night, and their administration didn't want to didn't want to make that change, so we're going to go ahead and go on Friday night. Yeah, there's even rumors. Uh, I've heard some a couple other games too that uh, they're talking about maybe possibly moving. We haven't got any uh, a strong uh, communication in that regard whether those games will be moved or not. But uh, we have a game on for Friday night, and that's one of them they're talking about moving. So we uh, we're just waiting to see what transpires in that regard. Anyway, with your team, Coach, uh, why don't you give us a little update? Uh, what can you expect from the uh, Centerville Bulldogs? Well, uh, they're a team similar to us. Uh, the only thing is they have uh, eleven seniors, which you know, again, Class A. That's a good senior class, and. Uh, they, they've got uh, some really good returning players. They've got a, a three-year, or he'll be a thir- this year he'll be a third-year uh, first-team all-district defensive lineman that uh, has caused problems for us. You know, the last two years, so we're obviously uh, planning some some strategies for him. Uh, and they've got a couple other uh, really good defensive linemen. So their defensive front is uh, probably the best part of their their team, and uh, I know it's going to be a challenge for us to block them. What uh, kind of season has Centerville had? It seems uh, I've seen mixed results for them. Yeah, the, the scores have been kind of uh, similar to our scores. You know, they've, they've struggled against teams like uh, Vermilion Catholic and Hanson uh, they, uh, and, and Central Catholic, who we haven't played yet. But uh, they've struggled against the good teams, and then, the, uh, you know, they've had some nice wins against some uh, teams that uh, that uh, are, are not too, too – uh, good in terms of their record so uh, you know i think if you look if you just try to compare scores which i think is one way to make predictions but not necessarily uh always accurate uh i think you'd say we're we're on equal footing in some in some ways yeah and i i know we talked about the the idea that it seems uh you face a team that has then faced central hansen and bc uh in consecutive order and that is kind of the way the schedule went and uh, so they've been through the ringer these past few weeks and we talk about testing metal um they, they have done that they sure have they sure have and they've got a new coach this year you know coach millet retired uh last year and and uh charles jefferson is the new coach over there and he's changed everything you know they were wing t uh for all those years that coach millet was there and so he's come in i think he wanted to do some spread when he first got there but uh, I think kind of found out that their personnel didn't really fit that offense, so he's adjusted to that. And, uh, you know, they're pretty much a line-up and come right at you, uh, smash-mouth type uh, offense. And, and like I said, defensively, uh, it's not necessarily the scheme that concerns us. It's just those those guys they have up front. You know, we've had a little time since we spoke Saturday morning to sort of digest the Generette game. Uh, in retrospect, uh, any thoughts uh, where you could improve upon uh, that performance or uh, things that went wrong uh, that day? Uh, or is it just, uh, again, simply the injury issues that you've been dealing with, the numbers issues? Well, I don't know if y'all saw the, the picture that was in the, the Daily Iberian of one of their players catching the, 
touchdown pass in the end zone, but if you just look at the size of the receiver and the size of the defender, kind of explained part mm-hmm. of the problems. Yeah. Uh, and we had, we, had a, we had a point guard defending the power forward. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, Coach, uh, anything uh, the fans should uh, need to know is in regards to making that trip to Centerville? No, uh, like I said, uh, at one point yesterday we were we were thinking we were going to move the game up, but uh, he called me yesterday afternoon after discussing the matter with his administration, and they didn't want to uh, – they had too many things planned, I think, for Friday in conjunction with their senior night that they didn't want to try to change. So, so uh, probably going to be a wet one. Uh, bring your slicker. There you go. Hey, you know, we really have been blessed with great weather on these uh, Friday, well, not just Friday nights, but most of the season, uh, other than some early season heat. It's been uh, kind of a blessing having some uh, dry Friday nights and dry uh, practice opportunities. Oh, I know. I just remember it was so wet there at the beginning, you couldn't hardly get a practice outside. And uh, when it stopped, it stopped nearly completely. So we've been very fortunate this year. And, uh, Maybe something will happen Friday and the forecast will be wrong and we won't have to play in too bad of weather. Yeah, and again, um, you know, good chances of rain during the day. They do uh, continue into the evening, but usually uh, once the sun goes down, uh, rain chances uh, do lessen a little bit. Uh, this time of year it's a little bit different, but hopefully uh, you guys will uh, play through it. And, hey, it's football, right? Uh, it's not unusual to play in weird weather uh, ask uh, teams it's up north. not and and you know the the thing is i i can think back 15 20 years ago we never rescheduled games due to rain mm-hmm. i mean you might for a hurricane but you never rescheduled it for rain and uh I, of course now with uh you know the, the the lightning delays and things like that i think a lot of teams and for your crowd you know you just don't get as good a crowd when you have uh inclement weather so uh, it's done a lot more frequently now than it was 10 or 15 years ago. I, I assume they've got a natural grass field? Yes, sir. Okay, so and that sometimes plays a part into it, too. But anyway, we wish you the best of luck in uh, preparation of the next couple of days. Uh, any other Highland sports news? Uh, yes, sir. We, we hosted the uh, parish meet a couple of weeks ago. And yesterday we hosted uh, a district meet, and it was actually a three-district cross-country meet, uh, our district and uh, Catholic High's district, and then the 3A district with ERAF. And uh, I'll tell you what, I hats off to Coach Toby Blissett for setting up a, a great meet. It was uh, a, a ton of people there, you know, when you had three different districts there, and uh it, it was very, very impressive. Our, our girls actually won district yesterday, and our boys finished runner-up. Uh, and of course, our boys are st- still without uh, Tyler Blissett, who's got a, a Achilles injury right now. So, uh, you know, great showing by our kids, but uh, but also just a just a very impressive event. And then next week on Thursday, we host uh, the regional meet for you know that that qualifies the runners for the state meet. So, uh, going to be at the same place, I believe. And uh, like I said, if you if you want to come out and watch some cross country uh, next Thursday, show up at Eagle Ridge. There you go. And, again, uh, we're talking about the golf course, uh, and we talked about their uh, unique terrain for uh, South Louisiana. It really is. And then, of course, you got a little shower the other day. Uh, I think probably most of it soaked up because of the, you know, how dry everything mm-hmm. was. But because of the terrain, if you do have a real heavy shower, uh, there's lots of places the water can run and not just sit in the, sit in the middle of the fairways. 
Gotcha. And I know in the past, uh, Highland has had a Halloween event. Uh, you guys still doing that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's going to be this weekend. Don't ask me the hours are specific. <laughs> I'm sure you can find out if you look up online. All right. Uh, and, and I will make an effort to do so. But, Coach, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll wish you the best of luck Friday night and check in with you again on Saturday. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, uh, good luck, Coach. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the opportunity, as always, to talk to Coach Rick Hudson. And Artie did uh, check back with us. Uh, he had to cover a class today. Okay. So, um, uh, again, we understand that. Uh, you know, uh, I, I tell people a lot. Uh, the day job uh, comes first. Yeah. He had a big week. Artie did last week as uh, they downed uh, West St. Mary in a big score. So, uh, I know uh, he had to be proud of that as Delcom uh, um I believe last year made the playoffs. I'm trying to remember. They did. I think they played up in Winfield last year and, and were defeated. But, uh, you know, to make the playoffs, that was the first time in a few years, I do believe. And uh, uh, hats off to them. Uh, and they had a big win. And uh, the Delcom Panthers uh, take on uh, Ascension Episcopal over at their place this weekend. So good luck to Coach uh, Artie Laos as they play uh, a pretty good football team, too. Uh, like, like we've said, uh, once they cross midfield, uh, they're in uh, – they're in scoring mode uh, with the uh, field goal kicker, Peyton Woodring, they have, uh, who can nail them from 50 yards. So uh, good luck to Coach, and hopefully uh, we can get him back on uh, next week. Yeah, and, you know, I've talked to him uh, about uh, the, the idea that Jackson Wiggins uh, has – there's been so much good ink about the kid that they're finally finding ways to stop him, and that's uh, unfortunate. So it, it's getting him back into the game. And, and they did, obviously, against West St. Mary, but uh, a little lesser talent uh, with the Wolfpack there than Ascension Episcopal. Yeah, and it's going to be an interesting game. So uh, good luck to them in that regard, Jeff. So uh, high school football uh, in its ninth week already. So next week are the final games, and uh, – I haven't really looked into a lot of the uh, playoff uh, uh, brackets and all, but I think it's anywhere. Do, do they even have a 32-team bracket anymore? I'm no, trying it's to 28 think. and 24. non-select and 24 and select. Yeah, so uh, – and I'm trying to recall, um, you know, there were a lot of movement uh, where they tried to balance the non-select and the select. And I remember there were a lot of schools that put in for uh, – you know, uh, arbitration to where they said, hey, we, we don't belong in the uh, select. We belong in the non-select. Or and and vice many teams, there, there are enough teams to shift the balance uh, because uh, originally before the um, appeals, they had more non, more select schools than non-select, and the appeals shifted that balance uh, back to more non-select than select schools but but it's still pretty close, 52, 53%. Yeah, uh, and that kind of evens it up, and that's why we have – look, you had those 32-team brackets that uh, had some teams had no business being in the playoffs with 1-9 uh, and nine and 2-8 and eight records. And uh, Yeah, I mean, we've gone from nine – well, not necessarily 32-team because uh, some of the select schools didn't even have 32 well, teams 16, in the 12. division. That's right. You know, so uh, – but uh, we've gone from – in nine uh, classifications or five classifications, four divisions down to eight divisions that they're being called now, four in each non-select and select. And 
um, a few less playoff teams overall. Yeah, and it's it's the way it should be too. Uh, a lot, you know, you want to feel like you've earned your uh, opportunity to play in the playoffs with a good season, even though you might be five and five, even six and four. Uh, it wasn't that long ago where they only took one district team, the district champion, years ago, and a lot of those district championships were disguise, decided on penetrations. You know how many times you penetrated? I don't I can't remember if it was a ten yard line or the twenty yard line, but you Who's had to keeping have, those stats. I know. I think the, the referees. I think the, you know, you'd see them pull out their pencils and write numbers, but that's how things were run back then, and uh, only one person or team i should say went from that district and it was the district champion and uh there were a lot of good football teams that stayed home and that could have uh, got beat by a tip ball or a, a fumble uh, during the course of the game and uh anyway all that changed up in the last uh i guess a quarter of a century or more and uh it's uh, an opportunity for high school football in louisiana and uh the way it flourishes so what more can you say with that and um uh, anyway I uh, don't know if you have anything late-breaking or not. Uh, we can go to our next break and uh, go to our last segment on Bayou Sports, Jeff. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Checking uh, the latest headlines. I'm looking at nothing new uh, okay. necessarily, but there's still a couple of things uh, we can chat about. All right. Anyway, but uh, let's go ahead and take our break here on Bayou Sports here. You listen to Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back uh, right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music this Thursday. It's Southern Jack. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has yet covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Monthly bingo is back on Thursday, November 17th. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. What does the 15th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blazed the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know 
to participate in Louisiana high school sports. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajero inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Rope. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on our big hump day, Wednesday, October the 26th. And, uh, Jeff, uh, I'm trying to recall the deadline for the trading deadline, the NFL right now. And a uh, big trade uh, last week as uh, the running back McCaffrey uh, from the Carolina Panthers is traded to uh, the 49ers, and uh, they've got to eat up uh, his salary next year, not necessarily this year. It wasn't too bad this year, about 700000 But next year we're talking about $12 million or somewhere in that vicinity uh, that the 49ers have to uh, pay. And, uh, and, you know, what's that do to Elijah Mitchell, the Erath native, uh, who's done a pretty good job for the 49ers in the – First year he was with them. New end injury uh, issue this year, but they did cut uh, one of their backs, uh, but it wasn't Mitchell. Yeah. yeah the 49ers, uh, that being, they cut uh, somebody because of the trade. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's going to add, uh, and I'm sure they picked him up just to compete with the Rams. And uh, I just think it's very interesting uh, that they, they stuck their necks out to grab a, a, a very good running back, but who, again, has been injury-prone the last three or four years. I know you people that play fantasy football, uh, he's a great back to have because he does a good job of running the football and catching it out of the backfield. And uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, the 49ers just add more to it. But, man, you watch the game Sunday afternoon. I think it was a late game. Uh, the the Chiefs just hammered them. Uh, I think it was close for a while, and then they just pulled away with some turnovers, and they ended up hammering the 49ers. They scored 42 points on them, I do believe, or was it 45, and uh, ended up winning going away in, in a big ball game. Uh, and, again, uh, I don't think uh, the 49ers, the Rams, uh, Seattle's the ones <laughs> making some noise out there in the uh, – NFC West division as uh, Geno Smith, who would have thought he'd have the year he'd be having for the uh, Seahawks uh, in that regard after uh, uh, trading uh, Russell Wilson to Denver, who's got, the, I think Denver has the lowest scoring average in the league or pretty near the bottom uh, with Russell Wilson. So uh, just amazing in that regard uh, with uh, the 49ers picking up uh, one of the better players in the National Football League. Let's Wonder if they can keep him healthy. Of course, the Saints will have to see him uh, later on during the course of the year as the 49ers and the Saints will tie it up. And, uh, you know, it just uh, – Kyle Shanahan grew accustomed to seeing the Rams make one bold move after another. They brought in Brandon Cooks. They brought in Marcus Peters, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and now they've acquired uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh 
just a great back, and they've got to keep him healthy, and we'll see what transpires for, for the 49ers in that regard. Of course, Three again, o'clock uh, Central Time on Tuesday is the trade deadline, November 1st. Okay. And, uh, you know, I forget about uh, Matthew Stafford was a trade, you know, golf uh, for Stafford in that regard. And uh, the Rams, uh, of course, won the Super Bowl last year. And uh, the Seahawks, basically, they picked up Jamal Adams, a safety uh, from the Jets. Uh, the Cardinals, Andre Hopkins. Uh, there are a lot of trades going on. So uh, the Niners weren't afraid to make big moves, and they traded for defensive end D. Ford, tackle Trent Williams, quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, receiver Emmanuel Sanders. So uh, they make moves uh, out there. You know, I can't remember the last time the Saints had a big trade where they brought in someone that seems like they – Try to pick up. They have a good nucleus, but they try to pick up. Uh, uh, basically, um, as Sean Payton used to say, improve our roster, well, our fifty-three man roster, by adding people that we can uh, hope enhance our team a little bit better. But I can't remember the Saints making a big trade. No, uh, you're right about that. I, I just I don't recall moving up in the draft. You that, know, that would be about it. Yeah, I can't remember them. Mickey Loomis doing trading during the course of the season. So anyway, uh, Tevin Coleman, by the way, he was the one released by the Forty ers Okay, all right. Anyway, uh, with that, uh, Jeff, uh, today in sports history, uh, October the 26th, in 1911, the World Series, the Philadelphia A's routed the New York Giants 13-2 at Shibe Park to clinch a series. Uh, of course, that's Connie Mack, Cornelius McGillicuddy's uh, Philadelphia A's. He coached them. He was the last man to wear a suit uh, as a manager in the dugout. Uh, Cornelius McGillicuddy, Connie Mack, I think he retired in 50 or somewhere in there. 1934, while the Washington Senators player manager Joe Cronin, catch this, honeymoons with Mildred Robinson, that's owner Clark Gifford's niece, uh, and adopted daughter, he sold to the Red Sox. <laughs> so his uh, stepdaughter's out on uh, adopted daughter's out on a honeymoon, and they sell the shortstop from the Senators to the uh, Red Sox. In 1950, Branch Rickey resigns as the Brooklyn Dodger president. Walter O'Malley basically pushed him out the door too, uh, with uh, buying up more stock of the uh, Dodgers back then. 1951, future heavyweight boxing champion Rocky Marciano defeats former champion Joe Lewis. And a TKO in the eighth round at Madison Square Garden. 1960, the American League approves the Washington Senators' move to become the Minnesota Twins and announced franchises in Los Angeles, which became the Angels, and also in Washington, which became the new Senators in D.C. Uh, for the 1961 season. Of course, uh, the year Roger Maris and the expanded uh, expansion National League doesn't expand to the next following year in 62 with the Mets and the Astros. Elsewhere in 1968, future heavyweight boxing champion George Foreman wins the Olympic gold medal in the heavyweight division in the final against uh, Jonas uh, Kapoulos of the USSR, stopped in round two at Mexico City Games. I remember that fight, too. It was on TV, and Foreman brought out the American flag. You know, that was a controversy with Tommy Smith and Carlos uh, with uh, the fist pumps and the uh, champions uh, gold medal was ceremony. Elsewhere in 1980, the St. Louis Cards sacked the Baltimore quarterbacks a record 12 times in a football game. Of course, that's Burt Jones and Greg Landry with the two Coke quarterbacks. They sacked them 12 times. I'm pretty sure that's the NFL record. I don't think uh, I've seen anything more than a, maybe eight or nine. In 1982, the Major League Baseball Phillies, Steve Carlton became the first pitcher to win four Cy Young Awards 
And uh, the Cardinals, Gussie Bush traded him to the Phillies for uh, just players. I can't even remember who they were. In 1985, oh boy, Jeff, just a bad day for the Cards. On a poor call in game six, umpire Don Dinkingler uh, starts a string of events that probably cost the Cards the World Series. They lose 2-1 to one to the, the Royals when uh, leading uh, the series 3-2. to two. Elsewhere in 1993, the NFL announces a new expansion team, the Carolina Panthers, come into the league. Uh, for that uh, following year. I mean, it, didn't they come in uh, with Jacksonville, though? Uh, I think Jacksonville might have came in the, the year later, maybe. I'm pretty sure they came in the same season, but maybe they were announced uh, uh, separately. True. This is today in today's history. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Anyway, elsewhere uh, in uh, ni- uh, to the year 2000 uh, in the World Series, the Yankees beat the Mets four games to two in Game 5 at Shea Stadium to win the Subway Series and the Yankees' third straight title – of course, the MVP, Derek Jeter, number two. Elsewhere in 2005, the the Chicago White Sox beat the Astros 1-0 in game four at Minute Maid Park to sweep the Astros and win the White Sox first title in 88 years. The last they won it was the year uh, before the Black Sox scandal in 1917. MVP, Chicago outfielder, Jermaine Dye. In 2018, the longest World Series game played by both the uh, in both innings and time is the Dodgers beat the Red Sox 3-2 in 18 innings. The game took seven hours, 20 minutes in Game 3 at Dodger Stadium with a Max Muncy walk-off homer. Birthdays today, born in 1866, you go William Kidd Gleason. Of course, Kidd Gleason, uh, a fine player in his day, but was the manager of the Chicago White Sox, the Black Sox, during the scandal. He was born in Camden, New Jersey. He passed away in 1933 elsewhere on this date 1911 born on this day pro and college football hall of fame uh, end and uh, for ohio state and coach of cincinnati the rams and houston Oilers is sid gilman who basically i think uh, brought about the passing game in the nfl back in the uh, 50s and 60s he was born in minneapolis minnesota also born on this day in 1965 nfl defensive tackle for the saints born in forest city arkansas wayne martin Born uh, on this date in uh, 1965. And the quote of the day from your old boy, Harry Carey. What does a mama bear on uh, a pill have in common with the World Series? No Cubs. There you go. <laughs> Good old Harry. Always thinking uh, out loud. Anyway, uh, that's the day in uh, sports history, Jeff, uh, here on a big hump day, October the 26th. Uh, any more uh, late-breaking headlines you might see? I, I wouldn't say late-breaking headlines, but uh, I, I was thinking about the expansion in the mid-'90s. And right. uh, it was Caroline and Jacksonville both joined in '95, uh, But uh, so much went on in the mid-'90s, and I'm reminded of it looking at this. Also in '95, the Raiders moved back to Oakland. The Rams moved to St. Louis. 96, Cleveland moves to Baltimore, becomes the Ravens, of course. Uh, the, the next year, the Oilers moved to um, Tennessee, Memphis initially, and then to uh, Nashville. And uh, then in 99, uh, Cleveland gets a team. 2002, uh, Houston makes it a 32-team league. But uh, uh, mid-90s, uh, devastating to the league. Yeah, uh, just a lot of movement. And we don't want to remember most about the 90s was Jacksonville. 
I want to say playing in the AFC Championship game a year or two later. I think they're second or in. third year. That's right. Second or third That's year. Right. And both, both Carolina and Jacksonville made their conference championship. That's right. In just their second or third year. It was uh, remarkable. That's right. Uh, I do remember that because uh, who was a left-handed quarterback for Jacksonville? He eventually played for the Saints. Saints. That's uh, right. On that Super Bowl team, I do believe, too. He was the backup. But That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, His name escapes me right now. Starts with an H. Yeah, pretty good player, Heath too. Schuler? Was it Heath? No, no it's no, Schuler. No. That was in the 90s under uh, – he played – You're at, right, you're right. Yeah, he played at Tennessee. Uh, boy, it's the it, – Brunfell? Is that it? No. No. Anyway, but I, I remember – I heard it, him. I know I did. He was a lefty, though. Yeah. He was a lefty. Anyway, uh, as I mentioned, that's it. Uh, we'll see. Uh, hearing rumors about the Catholic High game possibly being moved you to – You think uh, they would have made that announcement Yeah, I now, think so huh? by now. I'm going to check with Coach, and hopefully I'll get something to you uh, to you can announce on the air. That's a game we're uh, supposed to broadcast Friday night, uh, 6.30 pregame with a 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll try to get some updates on that during the course of the day and have that for you. So, uh, anyway, that's about it right now, Jeff. Uh, other than that, so uh, we'll go ahead and close down by you sports for the day. Absolutely. want to thank again our guest today, Highland Baptist head coach Rick Hudson. Appreciate him joining us today. And again, uh, we understand uh, Coach Lyuza had to cover a class this morning. We understand uh, sometimes that's going to happen. And uh, tomorrow we're joined by a couple of head coaches. Uh, again, uh, Josh Learman in our 7.30 set, and then at 8 o'clock or so, Carol Olivier from Acadiana Christian School. Um, and we'll look forward to talking to them tomorrow. In the meantime, big thanks to our sponsors. Our show brought to you in part by the Quarter Tavern, as well as the Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Certainly want to thank uh, Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center Big